Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Jessica, Executive Director of Wild Cumberland. And I'm Devin, a Wild Cumberland volunteer. We appreciate you being here. Our monthly newsletter is the best way to stay up to date on issues affecting Cumberland Island and its wilderness. That's right. So if you're not already subscribed, go to our website, wildcumberland.org, and sign up right now. In today's episode, we will touch on some Spaceport Canyon updates. Uh, That's right. That's still going on. Uh, As well as the possibility of a new municipal airport. Um, We touch on some guided wilderness adventures and the return of our virtual fundraiser, as well as the status of Cumberland Island Wilderness as we close out the year of 2023. Snake Root Eco Tours returns to Cumberland Island. This is pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. There are still a few spots open um, on a guided wilderness experience. It is March the 17th through the 22nd of 2024. It's like the perfect time of year to be at the seashore and you could not be in better hands than with Snake Root. These guys know their stuff. They are noticers. They are knowledgeable. They are thoughtful people. It's perfect for people who maybe haven't been um, confident enough to venture into wilderness themselves alone the first time. Right. Um, But it's equally challenging for experienced hikers on Cumberland. So I can't recommend it enough. If I could be there, I would go on that trip. I just cannot be on that trip, but. Grab your spots while it's open for sure. It is officially December. Oh. <laughs> it's come quick. And Cumberland <laughs> Island managed to get through the hurricane season unscathed. Yeah, I think. It's interesting to consider that we have a winter season ahead of us for the beaches to regenerate and repair themselves. We had a lot of damage. Um, If you joined us last month, you know that our team was recently down on the island and spent some time on the beaches. And we we talked a little bit about, uh, I think, the the vertical face that the beach um, is exhibiting from so much hurricane damage. So the hope is that after a peaceful season this winter, those beaches will help to be replenished. Another thing that we are no longer facing the risk of is the fast track of Spaceport Camden. And there is a small update there. Yeah, so it's no longer being fast tracked exactly, but an update. um, This is a little hard to follow, but Camden County lost a case to recover money from Union Carbide, which is was the owner of the property they needed to authorize and launch rockets from. Okay. They refused to do business with the county after that voter referendum when Camden County residents voted and said, no, we do not want the spaceport. Union Carbide said, no, thank you. We are good here. We do not <laughs> want to then do business with Camden County. Wow. But the county's appealing it. <laughs> so <laughs> <Of course>. essentially <laughs> Camden County is spending more money to try and recover the money they already wasted. Um It's an endless money pit. It is just, it never (laughs) stops. So a little bit of an update. And if if you're paying close attention to that issue, that matters to you. If you're a taxpayer in Camden County, that issue also matters to you. But um, it isn't quite on the fast track that it was before. There is, however, a lot of development going on uh, around and adjacent to Cumberland Island. The Camden County, if you have been watching the news this week, um, has decided to bring back a municipal airport. So uh, about six years ago, the airport in St. Mary's was shut down. Uh, the, the naval base, Kings Bay Submarine Base, wanted it shut down for security reasons. It was only about a mile from the Navy base. 
Um, but they've decided to bring one back. So they're looking for a new site. <laughs> a, a new four, one. They're not even using the old site. A new site of 400 uh, to 500 acres somewhere around there. We do not know what sites they're considering. Um, the FAA will pay for most of that. I think 90% of St. Wow. Mary's Airport. And then the state and the county will be re- left with the remaining 10%. So that the development of an airport is obviously relevant to Cumberland Island, given the type of overflight um, sure. noise that we already experience on the island. They have documented that as an ongoing issue for the island since the 80s or, or before. Um, and the addition of another airport in such close proximity would be, um, or would have implications, certainly. Which was a big reason amongst you know many others of Spaceport Camden, right? Yeah, the noise and the lights from Spaceport right. were as much of a concern as, as other elements of that plan. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, you know, but, there, you know, there's lots going on. Camden County just got a whole bunch of money from the National Coastal Resilience Fund, I think almost a half a million dollars, to restore a former marsh and estuary and add a wetland park downtown. There's a film studio going in. And for those no of way. us in the Atlanta area, um, you may be familiar with Jacoby Development, who did Atlantic Station right downtown. Yeah. They are developing almost 1,300 acres down in Camden County, right in St. Mary's. They plan to have an upscale RV park and hopes to be um, sort of a center for tourism and filming. So, Filming in Camden County, wow. Yeah, who'd have thunk it, right? Right. Paper That's... mill closed, and now it's a, a booming film <clears throat> Town. <laughs> but that's just you know that's not counting what's going on just across the state line in Amelia or on Amelia Island and mm-hmm. in Florida. So, in all of the areas surrounding Cumberland Island, there are increasingly more development-related issues that we are trying to keep up with, and we know matter to you. How do you think that's going to affect traffic on Cumberland Island? Air flight traffic patterns, or, just, or just in general, tourism. I in think general. it would have huge implications. Yeah. I think it could have huge business implications for the town as well. But um, it's interesting. There are just so many adjacent airports and and so many areas that are accessible to pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be curious to see what they come up with. And I'd have to look a little more closely at the distance of all of those from Cumberland. But um, there's not many nights you can camp on Cumberland without hearing yeah. the roar of airplanes and helicopters going to yeah. and from Jack's and Brunswick, St. Simon. So, or someone listening to a, a football game like we experienced in oh, November. Yeah, <laughs> that's an addiction if you can't get away from your football game for a weekend of camping. <laughs> Anyway, uh, most of you know the Seashore's previous superintendent, Gary Ingram, went to the Rocky Mountains National Park at the end of July. Of course, this happened around the same time that the agency told the public to expect an update on its proposed visitor use management plan, or VUMP, as yes. we called it. <laughs> so That's no the updates. official acronym. Right, exactly, official. So no updates on that plan as of yet. And uh, Steve Theus um, has, of course, been serving as the interim superintendent since then. So we were waiting to see the position posted publicly and... That has finally happened. It did. It actually happened while our volunteers, I think, were preparing for (laughs) trick-or-treaters on Halloween. (laughs) Uh, But applications were accepted uh, from October 31st through 
December 1st, the date of our last newsletter. So exactly 31 days to apply to be superintendent. And that's actually up from the original deadline of November 17th, I guess, because the government avoided their shutdown. Yeah, I think they probably had that first date there fearing a shutdown, but uh, that did not happen. The shutdown did not happen. So it's been extended. And I think it's also important to point out that this role now um, is also responsible for managing Fort Frederica National Monument. And that is a change that happened under Gary Ingram's tenure as superintendent. So Hmm. the person selected to serve as superintendent for Cumberland Island National Seashore will also be responsible for Fort Frederica National Monument. So two physically separate and very different sites. That's a lot of responsibility for just the one superintendent. A whole lot. Uh, But we are still hopeful that the agency will select an applicant that values wilderness and understands its importance as it relates to natural resource management. Um, I mean, it, I should point out Cumberland Island has almost 10,000 acres of federally designated wilderness and more than that of potential wilderness, which have to be required ex- or have to be managed exactly the same as wilderness. So 20,000 acres. Just about. Wow. It's a big part of the gig there. It's huge, right? (laughs) (laughs) Also, last month, we were waiting to see if a budget would be approved. It was, of course, and a shutdown was successfully averted uh, again, I guess, right? Uh, Yes, averted again. (laughs) Um, It's the key word. And we could delve into maybe the specifics or more specifics about Cumberland Island National Seashore's operating budget in future episodes. But I'll note for this group that the budget did, again, uh, point out four planned land exchanges and about $500,000 in associated expenditures for that. So um, we, we wait to hear what that may be. We also have not received any details yet about that 173 acres that cost 8.7 in the last omnibus appropriations bill in 2022. So 2022. I feel like that should have already been converted to wilderness by now, right? That's a great question, <laughs> That's a really great question. This parcel is adjacent to designate a wilderness. If you're looking at the map, it's on the very southern end of the wilderness boundary, adjacent to private property there at Stafford. Um, if you're looking at the actual wilderness map, which the Park Service now has on its website. Wow. Yes. Then it is identified in yellow. You'll see that parcel down there. Um, but yes, it is my understanding that that parcel should be eligible for wilderness designation at this time. So we've provided a lot of project-specific updates last go-around, as well as uh, the first half of this one. So this month, we wanted to focus on um, the actual wilderness and the core of our work. Uh, Jess, do you want to give us the uh, state of our wilderness? Yeah, I think it was important at the close of our calendar year to maybe reflect on wilderness-centric issues in particular. So um, as most of you all know, the seashore celebrated its 50th anniversary in 2022 but the seashore has never completed or approved a wilderness management plan for the island. So Never, f- in 50 years. Never. And technically wow. 40 because the wilderness is only 40 years young. Sure. Um, but yes, 40 years we have not had an authorized or approved wilderness management plan. So there are things that plan would tell us <laughs> that might be helpful as we move forward to the next 50 years um, of management. There are... Areas categorized as potential wilderness that have not converted to wilderness since 1982. And as most folks know, the Park Service has not worked to actively eliminate 
activities in wilderness like motor vehicle travel, all right, which do not conform to the Wilderness Act. So right. all of these remain issues we're facing. Uh, the Park Service has not addressed the free-roaming feral horse population. That has certainly been something that's received a lot of news this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there is actually an update there I can offer briefly, which is that the motion to dismiss will be heard in court before the end of the year. So we'll be paying attention to that and the outcome of that judge's decision. Um, but yeah, there's a lot in the wilderness that that remains, especially after 40-something years, um, open and unaddressed. There have been no updates on the Lumar parcel that could be rezoned. While that is not officially wilderness, it does have implications to wilderness character um, if there is a private development within the boundary of the seashore. And, you know, the visitor use management plan, as you mentioned at the start of this, we haven't heard anything more about that. Um, And so. That was a big issue uh, when it first came out. I know. There are a lot of wilderness implications there. Yeah, for sure. A lot of implications, but especially for wilderness. And then I think... If you've been reading our newsletters, you know that machinery and heavy equipment is still being used to maintain clearance around structures in wilderness, um, which, you know, the agency has the option to uh, potentially employ tools and tactics that are less disruptive in wilderness, especially for wilderness character purposes. And then there's fire, which is something we've talked a little bit about over the last two, three years. The current fire management plan for the seashore allows management to use prescribed burns, mechanized equipment, herbicides, and wildfire in wilderness. They have a plan that they authorized back in 2015, and every year they update that plan. So every year you can look online and see where they plan to burn or use herbicide or machinery to manage fire. Sure, yeah. I guess is the appropriate way to say that. And these aren't small areas. You know, this isn't just like a small border around uh, a historic structure. If you look, and in our newsletter, we provide a link directly to that. You can look at the map, and it is a, a really large swath I mean, thousands of acres over wow. several years that would be burned west of the road to the marsh. So um, we continue to question the agency's authority to burn one of our nation's last remaining maritime forests. <laughs> um, is this all over the island or is this mainly on the north? So if you're taking a look at the map, mm-hmm. um, it's primarily north of Stafford and west of the road. So okay. There are ecotones there, right? It's, it's, it's the ecology changes as you move from the marsh towards the beach. Mm-hmm. And this area over a period of three to four years would essentially be probably 3,000 acres. Wow. 3,000 acres. Pretty close anyway. I need to spend some more time with it. It's hard to uh, digest the updates in one plan before they have another one out. Yeah. I would like to see the agency... Um, perhaps revisit its environmental assessment. The last environmental assessment for fire management was done in 2013, wow. which was by now almost a decade ago. Yeah. We've learned a lot in a decade. <laughs> we have. Uh, and the tools we have available are a lot different than they were a decade ago. So um, our organization continues to, to show concern that the agency is not understanding the implications of its management. Right. And as you noted that, you know, they update the uh, the plan annually, right? Yep. So Just every year they can go, you can look and they will have changed where they're going to burn, how yeah. they're going to do it, or what, 
fuel treatments they might use. Mm-hmm. I mean, one year I went up there and there were giant plastic sulfur or some like explosive things all over the wilderness. They look like ping pong balls Mm. all over the wilderness. And I guess they were some type of fuel treatment that didn't ignite during a prescribed burn and they were just everywhere. Um, So they use a lot of different tools that, that the public may not be aware of in wilderness Mm -hmm. um, to manage the fuels and, and fire treatment. I hope that you're going to talk about the Wild Cumberland virtual silent auction that we always have. I am. And I'm so glad to do it. (laughs) This thing is called Commitment to Cumberland and people love it. We get asked regularly when we're doing our next auction. We missed a year in there because things are busy, but it's back and our volunteers are working hard to make sure we showcase and highlight independent businesses and artists in particular. That's our jam. And, um, so you're going to be able to find everything. There's all kinds of stuff. There's jewelry, there's art, books, uh, there's something for everybody. Sure. And yeah. it's the way that people can best support our work. And you can participate for from anywhere because yeah. it's actually virtual. You so got it. our team is working to make sure that there's something for everyone. Um, that means, like you said, jewelry, books, experiences, home products, and more. Um, so you'll be seeing that go live early uh, in the year. Um, so sometimes you, we even have artists who make stuff exclusively for this event for that you cannot event, right. get anywhere else. Yep. So we'll announce so, those dates pretty soon. Grab your family, uh, grab your friends and you all can bid on one of a kind items and experiences while also help to support our work that we do for Cumberland. Yep. And email subscribers are guaranteed to be first to know all the details. So make sure you're signed up. And if you're interested in contributing or becoming a sponsor, um, we are accepting those applications through the month of December. And there are, of course, other ways that you can demonstrate uh, your support right now before the commitment to Cumberland. Um, you can donate, you can give the gift of your time. We always um, need help. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, we can plug in volunteers wherever we need them. As long as you're open-minded, we're great. You can like, comment, share our social media posts. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We post all of our uh, recorded discussions and some of our meetings there. Leave a review of our organization on Google and Facebook, um, and also just shop sustainable products from our partners. Yep. Those are all fantastic ways you can support us between now and the commitment to Cumberland in 2024. Um, I want to point out too, before we start to wrap things up, Dev, that I've heard a lot of feedback about the Seashore's programming, and in a good way. People are really excited to have some of that programming back. So the dockside programs, the beachside programs, the um, Tabby House, all of these things have been more accessible to people, and they've enjoyed really learning a lot. So I want to make sure folks here know to give that feedback to the seashore. They need to hear from you. They need to hear what they're doing well, just as much as where our concerns may be. So if you haven't done so already, if you've had a great experience with the programming at the seashore, please let them know. I think that's important. Yeah. And I know they had at least, I believe it was four or five every day that we were there. They had a lot going on. Yeah, for sure. It was exciting to see. And and it it was uh, varied as well. Um, So in every email newsletter, we try to link to information that may be valuable to you. So this month, we shared links to articles, including uh, why environmentalists are suing to stop the NPS from planting trees, 
Uh, also UGA scientists and students who did research on the ability of drivers to observe animals and avoid dangerous wildlife um, and the vehicle collisions at night. So apparently, that's a really cool study. Yeah, I, yeah we were talking drive, about that. Yep, you got to <laughs> check this out. You got to read this. That's really good. Yeah. So apparently, the longer you drive, the more comfortable that you get, and the less you're uh, able to to see to wildlife, see mm-hmm. right? And you'll have more accidents. So. Um, another one is microplastics, uh, in the, what is the river, Jess? So there were a couple articles about microplastics, one about sea turtles, one about like everything, but there's also an article in there about the Okmulgee river corridor, That's the one, yeah. um, which the park service deemed not quite uh, eligible for park status. Um, and then I think we talked even about the national parks being in fashion, like literal fashion and yeah. <laughs> lots of stuff. So if you like yeah. to read, there's some good material in there for Plenty our wilderness advocates. Also, we want to point out that the Department of the Interior is hosting three public listening sessions focused and designed to gather input to inform the department's environmental justice strategic plan. And public comments are being accepted through January the 16th regarding the management of climbing activities in wilderness areas in the national park system. Yep. We know environmental justice matters to a lot of our supporters. We wouldn't want you to miss an opportunity to be involved in that discussion. And while I am not a climber, I like (laughs) flatland, many of our supporters do enjoy climbing. So the relevance of those regulations in wilderness are pretty important. Absolutely. But that's it for us. Have a safe (laughs) and happy holiday season. And we will pick up back here next year in 2024. As always, we can't do this work without your help. If you value the information and services our organization provides, including this podcast, please consider making a donation to support our work now at wildcumberland.org. Wild Cumberland is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and all donations are tax deductible. Learn more and take action at wildcumberland.org. The Wild Cumberland podcast is produced by Vertical River, and this episode was edited by Greg Cusson. Thank you.